let me tell you something about my friend Russ, okay? <laughs> my friend Russ. Every once in a while, man, this um, uh, natty ice drinking out of a can, four-wheel, backwoods, <laughs> southwest Florida, hillbilly redneck version of Russ comes out. And when it does, it's, it's glorious. slow down podcast and um it's good to see you russ i i just saw you yesterday you did in person though in person the flesh hanging out it was uh it was a good weekend man it was for those who don't know we podcast through zoom so we do you know video um podcasting we can kind of see each other we're mostly working remotely but um I just was with Russ yesterday in the flesh. We were together for four days, Friday to Monday. Uh, Russ was in town doing some training with a local church, doing some consulting. And um, maybe we just, like usual, when you're in town, we pack out the schedule and just go nonstop until we drop you off at the airport. We do. We had uh, four days of lots of conversations, lots of work, lots of meetups, lots of teaching, training, speaking. Um, even got a chance to throw a party with a bunch of people from the Midwest that came in together. And that uh, was fun. We're going to be posting pictures of that coming up here pretty soon, but we packed the house out with a bunch of people who have been with us from the beginning, people who have been training with us last four years. And then even some new folks in and around, um, you know, me who are kind of kicking the tires training a little bit and kind of feeling out the network. It was a blast. It was, it was, it was, uh, definitely some good times. I was thankful and left, uh, hopeful, joyful, all the other fools I could try to think of right now. And then we got a chance dude, to head into Chicago. I mean, I had to catch a flight to get back home. So we'll head into the city looking for a, for a place to meet up, try to get some work done and open up some laptops, get on some Wi-Fi, have a beer and, Apparently they in Chicago they have these industrial industrial chick breweries. Yeah, if if you're not familiar, Chicago is it's a major city. It's very large, and so there's a lot of um, different niche spots for various various people, interests, uh, groups of people. And um, Russ found an industrial chick bar um, that apparently. If you're a lady and you're into working on diesel engines or if you, you know, do various other types of, you know, labor where your hands get greasy um, or dirty uh, for a living, this is a bar for you. And I said, oh, that's, that's interesting. Can I, can I see the description of that? And come to find out, it, it wasn't a bar for um, chicks with industrial union jobs. It was a reference to the aesthetic of the bar, which was industrial chic. 
not chick. <laughs> and Russ read it as industrial chick, which let me tell you something about my friend Russ, okay? My friend Russ. Now, there hasn't been a, in the last in the last lot of years, there hasn't been a more influential person in my life than my buddy Russ here. Um, and I will, I, I own that, love that. Thank God for the day that I met you, man. And you blow me away sometimes with um, just how um, intuitive you are, smart, very creative. Uh, in fact, Table Network really in large part is kind of your baby, came from your brain space. Um, I've been able to be a part of that and joyfully, but every once in a while, man, this, um, uh, you know, natty ice drinking out of a can four wheel backwoods, <laughs> Southwest Florida hillbilly redneck version of Russ comes out and when it does, it's, it's glorious. <laughs> Dude, I don't think I was ever going to live that down. <laughs> industrial chick <laughs> like hey man she got this one place if they're open i'm riding the car looking it up like bro we can't go there apparently this is like a it's a brewery for ladies only it says right here it's an industrial chick brewing and uh yep. so yeah man i'm uh i'm moved by the uh by the gratitude equally thankful to be in your life and to see all that god is doing in and through us and I'm even thankful for those moments where you laugh so hard you almost wrecked the car <laughs> because of my inability to read. <laughs> yeah, well, we were, you know, we were on, you know, 90, 90 94, heading into the, the city, doing about 80 miles an hour, just with tears in our eyes, laughing about this industrial chick bar. Um, now I have to go. I, I, it's just, you know, by, on principle alone, I got to go. Just gotta but, do it, man. Yeah, but we ended up in Bridgeport. Uh, we went. We ended up going to Bridgeport Coffee, um, getting some coffee, working on um, this project we've been diving in on, and we had a, a very good friends of ours come and visit us while uh, while we were at Bridgeport. And someone you introduced me to. Yeah, yeah, uh, James Perrazzo, city guy, firefighter. Him and his wife Joy got a chance to catch up with them for a minute, grab some hot dogs heading in the city and um it was good it was good man it was it was great to be able to just enjoy that moment before we hopped on a plane and headed out so perrazzo two r's two z's he's a he's a um table network leader south chicago fireman and um he wants to jump on the podcast so we're definitely going to have him on um he um man he, he really wants to jump into this conversation which we're continuing today um and i know um you know Every once in a while, people, you know, jump in. If you're fresh and new to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. Season two has been focused on our training. It's called Reclaim. Um, we're reclaiming basically uh, the ancient way of the table as a way forward for reaching those uninterested in the church. And at the heart of this training is beliefs and behaviors. We focus in on good news. We focus in on the church's family um, and look through really an ancient framework that we see in Jesus and the early church for mission. And we've been continuing this conversation. We're really in Reclaim 5, if you're following along from that perspective. Um, we, this is, will be our, what is this, our second or third 
uh, four and five really kind of blend together. This is, I think, our second conversation in Reclaim Five. And if you listen to the last one, we were we were on a roll, man. But because of time, we had to we, we had to cut it off. And so we're we're coming in hot here, um, and yeah, we're going to be jumping into Galatians Galatians five five and six and talking about walking um, as as disciples. And we looked at how the Galatians were really they were really putting their effort um, in uh, in such a way they were they were they were working hard to perfect themselves. And Paul was really just frustrated with them in that. And um, we asked the question a, a couple I think a couple episodes back: Is grace opposed to effort? We said, well, it's not, but it could be. It certainly was the case in the Galatians, um, in the Book of Galatians, and for the Galatians. Um, and so Paul's really kind of helping them. He's reminding them of the freedom that they have in Christ in this letter. And he says, Hey, if you, if you, this effort, okay, you want to aim it somewhere, here's where you aim it. Not at the law, which kills, not at the letter, which kills, not at the thing that's not going to fix you, right? How about we aim it at the sun, aim it at the spirit, aim it at joyful dependence upon the one, the only one who is your life and can bear true, genuine fruit in your life. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's, let's dig into this. And, you know, as you were just saying, like, we've definitely been on this journey of not just pressing into who Jesus is and all that he's done, but what does it really look like to rest in him? And of course, where we are right now is like, man, what's it look like to like walk in these things? Mm-hmm. And of course, some of the things we've been hearing from our listeners, is just that tension of I'm looking in the scriptures and I'm seeing where this law was given, but really it's just painting a picture of what harmony is. And of course, it's also just driving me to my, to my need for a savior, but everything in me wants to turn it into a to-do list. And thinking that by how well I perform in these things is all dependent upon like how God sees me and how he moves or doesn't move on my behalf. And of course, nothing is further from the truth than this. And so that's kind of where we're really looking at today is like actually looking into what the scriptures say in regards to this, so that this, this journey of walking with him has become something that's truly joyful. So let's, uh, let's, let's hear it, man. Let's, let's, let's hear what, what Paul says. Cool. So I'm just going to read Galatians 5, 1, 1 to 7. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. He's talking about an approach of life that is really driven by the, the law. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, right, law-keeping, religion, if you accept circumcision, Christ is of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that you're obligated to keep the whole law, 100% of it, thought, word, deed, everything. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Then here's the, what we're going to focus in on, verse 5. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. And I, I just want to read this quick part because I think it's important. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying this truth? This persuasion to switch back to law is not from him who calls you. Mm. And there it is, right? There, there's this, there's this uh, full picture for us of not just what the law demands, if that's what we're going to choose, right? If we're going to take this picture where God lays out like all the things that are good and the things that aren't, things where there's value and joy and harmony and the things where there's not, we're going to take that list and we're going to turn it into something to try to find life out of, then we got to keep it, as Paul said, right? 110%. 110% of the time. 
since the moment you were born. Yeah. Of course, what he's doing there is just really driving all good of luck. the reality. Like, well, one, good luck. And two, you've already fallen short. Right. Me, you, all of us. Okay, cool. But it's not like God meets us in the midst of that and says, all right, well, well I'm going to give you my son. It's like a, like a new starting point. <laughs> and if you believe in him, then I'm going to give you this spirit that's going to be like a jetpack that you can put on. And he's going to help you like really get this thing nailed down. And we'll find out if you really believe or if you don't. Yeah. And depending on how well you do, again, we'll really determine what I do on my end. And it's just, it's so foreign from everything we find in the teachings of Jesus. And of course, throughout the epistle. So right here, right. He paints this picture. And then he says, what as you were reading? Was it verse five? Yeah. For through the spirit by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. He's really telling them, Hey, aim your effort this way independence. This righteousness, this fruit, right, that he later on explains in chapter five, here's how you go about this. It's not just pull yourselves up by your bootstrap, flip the switch on, flip the switch of the jetpack on, and right. then just automatically you should just start bearing fruit from the moment you wake up to the moment you lie down for sleep. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's not like, man, I was just, I wasn't real generous today and I wasn't real patient, I wasn't as kind as I wanted to be. I got kind of irritated. I thought some things that I shouldn't have, but you know what? I just need to get up earlier in the morning and flip that switch on. If I would have just got up earlier, none of these things would have happened. Of course, there's by all means, like sometimes somebody could hear this right now and think like, well, wait a minute. I got up early to like seek the Lord. Amen. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's great. Great. Um, but that's so different than, hey, I got up early and flipped this switch on. Because by doing so, now I'm going to be able to check these boxes and make God happy mm -hmm. and make me holy. Right. Nothing's further from the truth. Yeah. So in chapter three, he's telling them, hey, you're trying to be perfected by the flesh. Paul contrasts that in verse five, with, which says, for through the spirit, mm -hmm. we really wait, not through the flesh, try to perfect yourself. So these are contrasting approaches to bearing fruit. And we came up with three words, really, that kind of describe well um, of what Paul's laying out here. And it's wait, watch, and walk in the spirit. And we're just going to unpack those for, for you guys. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And I, I love the simplicity of it. Um, if you want to, you can almost hold it up in contrast to this life that we often think of, which is like something that we feel like we've been given that we need to measure, map, and manage. Mm -hmm. we, right, we take all that God's declared and we do our best to learn everything we can about it. And then we use that in these disciplines that we grab onto to measure where we're at, to, to map out a way forward and the things that we think should happen, and then to manage those things well. But again, in contrast, what we have found in the scriptures is, you no, know, this life of joyful dependence on the spirit is a life of waiting, watching, and walking in what the Lord's doing in you. And really finding just peace and harmony within that. And so wait, one of the best ways we describe that, right, is uh, with the word, Tony, that you came up with, which is dependence. Waiting is depending. And I love in the scriptures when we look at this, the way it's described is like, is a, uh, it's an eager, right? Even Paul himself says that we eagerly wait. It's, it's, the, it's the opposite of, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. So I'm just going to sit here on the porch and, you know, kick my feet up and, you know, kind of recline back. And, you know, whenever something happens, something happens. You're, of course, free to do that. 
but the picture that he's painting here isn't that it's a it's a person who's eagerly waiting for the for the lord to move in things because it's something that they, they want to walk in it's not right. something they know they have to mm-hmm. it's something they want to mm-hmm. and so he says yes we eagerly wait uh <laughs> one of my favorite pictures of that is something that i saw when my younger brother came home from iraq so he was a part of the first team third id infantry that um, was sent to Iraq. He was actually in Baghdad before the war started. Mm. And then he was a part of that long train. If you guys remember that on the news of tanks and Humvees that drove from, from Kuwait to the city. And he turned 19 years old on that journey. So he's just a kid, man. And he spent about 16 months over there. And then he came home. So we were really pretty excited to see him. So we all hopped in the car and the family goes down to, to Fort Stewart and we're waiting on this parade deck and we're there all evening long waiting on this, this plane to land. And of course it was delayed and it took a long time and it's like 1 a.m. I remember sitting in these bleachers, big giant field in front of you. It's dark out. You're on a military base and it's about 1 a.m. And there's just probably a bunch of other people too waiting oh, for families. Oh yeah, families everywhere, you know, just kind of packed out there. And I remember looking down and seeing this one, this one mom that was there. And she had a three-year-old that was walking next to her, holding on her leg. And she had a baby on her hip. And she was just pacing back and forth. And yeah. If you have children, small children, you can imagine being outside at 1 a.m. and experiencing this. And so within this picture, I just, you, you get this image of, of a woman who's just eagerly waiting for the glorious lights of this bus to bring her husband home from an extremely dangerous place. And man, the, the expectancy that she had and then the joy that she had when he showed up mm-hmm. is something that I have never gotten over for just ever. It's like just burned into my memory. Yeah. And to me, that's the picture Paul's saying here is, is a God that's invited you to, to know him and to walk with him. Yeah. And the journey begins with this eagerly waiting for him to move in our lives. Yeah. No, I think that that's really, really good, man. I mean, he mentions faith in here. I mean, how many times have we seen faith in the, in the book of Galatians, not just as something attached to like our justification, but for how we walk in him. Um, the righteous shall live by faith, Romans, even Galatians 2.20, this very letter here, right? Um, it says, we've been crucified in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by what? I live by faith. Paul says again here in Galatians 5, that for through the spirit, by faith, we eagerly wait. And so when we see the gaps in our lives, right, which I'm sure that the gap was driving the Galatians pursuit of perf- trying to be perfected by the flesh, right? the ideal self, right, which is love God, love neighbor. We see that the law paints a very good p- mirror and a picture for that. But instead of rushing into activity, God's invited us into a life of faith, not dependent upon ourselves and our ability to get our stuff together, but to depend on him and to, and to wait to wait for him. So I think prayer is involved in this. I even think the aches and groanings of our hearts that uh, Paul mentions in, in Romans, that, that the ache of the spirit in us, you know, that cries out from that new, you know, regenerated heart. I think that's included in, in there too. Just that ache, like, dude, like, I hate this anger. I hate, I hate this anger in my life and my family. And, and I hate this impatience. I hate these, what, whatever your gap might be right in your life. Uh, there's an ache in our hearts. We, we want, we want more. We want better. We want this fruit, but Paul's inviting us into a life of faith, not to rush into activity. 
Yeah, no need to rush in. And I think the thing we just have to always keep in mind, you know, as we wait is, and it's something we've already covered. And if you're new to this, to our podcast, and you're just hopping on for the first time, you can listen back. But one of the things that we've already been looking at is the fact that we already stand whole and holy in Jesus. Yeah. Is our righteousness, who is our very lives. Mm -hmm. And so what we're talking about here is not, not that we're, we're eagerly waiting to go walk in some things because we need them or they're missing or, or by obtaining these things, again, we, we complete some work that Jesus hasn't already done in us. No, we're, we're eagerly waiting to go walk in the fruit that he's already produced things that are already true of him. And because we live in him, we want them to be true of us. Yeah. And so I think we just got to keep that in mind that it's not a, we don't, we don't wait with fear. Right. Right. But instead we wait by faith in him. Yeah. And we wait with um, expectancy. And that's that word hope. It says the hope of righteousness, right? right. I mean, I, if you're listening to this podcast, I know I struggle with this. I wrestle with, with cynicism in the Christian life. Honestly, sometimes I, I just, I lack, I lack faith. I wonder, you know, as I live a life of, uh, as I try to live a life of faith, um, just, just waiting on God sometimes can seem like, man, a long time. Sometimes I can feel right. like he's just abandoned, you know, me to myself and, and, and to figure it out. And so I wrestle with cynicism. I wrestle with, man, Lord, are you moving? Are you, are you working? I believe, but I don't believe. And I think that, that word hope of righteousness, there's a, there's a joyful expectancy that we should, we should hope for. And we can, we can wait and we can watch for him with anticipation, which pushes back on that cynicism, man, which is so easy. It's so yeah. easy to, to drift into. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I, I never know that. I've never known that about you. Just. Yeah. I try to keep it hidden. You know, I, I, I play my cards close to the chest. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really live life out loud, you know? Yeah. So you just, you pretend really well. Oh dude. I'm I like with the best of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there if with I, you. Man. Yeah, if I'm irritated, <laughs> you'll you'll know it. If I'm excited, you'll also know it. So I I don't I I've never been able to hide very well, which just means I just have to. I'm like, because of my personality, I'm forced into just telling the truth as as awkward as it is is sometimes. Yeah, you get to just sort of admit like, hey, I I know I stay in a hole in him, but I'm not fully experiencing all of that at this time. And it's right. And there's these moments when you're, you're like Paul going, I'm not doing the things I know to do. And then I write, and you just have like this dilemma. And of course, I think his response to us, to you, to me is the same as it was to him. My grace is sufficient. Hmm. That in the midst of this, my grace is sufficient. You still stand whole in me. But for some reason, it seems like the, there's like these things that the Lord is moving in and through us and bringing about in his timing, hmm. not our timing which I think is helpful because when we're talking about waiting, we're talking about a life of dependence and we're talking about watching for where he's at work in us and longing for those things and calling on those things and then looking for those things. We're talking about living a life of, of hope, right? Um, we're, talking about, we're talking about being able to, uh, to die to this whole project of looking for the gaps in our lives and the things that we think should be there as if God has a relationship with our imagined self. Mm which is so like, just so far from the truth yeah. in the midst of who you are right now. He loves you and has met you fully where you are. His relationship with this is with you. It's not with your imagined self. 
And so knowing that yeah. you can hope and look and watch for where he is. And then the fruit, right? The things that we'll one day walk in become something that we will become things that not that we're aiming at in advance. Like, Hey, I need, I need, uh, I need more kindness in my life. Let me set that thing out here and, and let me really start working towards that. Yes. No, no true fruit, right? Which would be something of the spirit that we're talking about here is not going to be something that we, that we need to aim at in advance, but instead it's something that we notice in reverse. Right. It's so it's from someone so other than us. Yeah, man. Again, because we eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness, right? We, we live a life of, of this faith and this hope and what the spirit is doing, not what I and you and our flesh are doing. Yeah. And man, that's such a different paradigm in the, compared to the, like, the religious world, right? But yet so true to the very God that's made us in the life that he's given us. Yeah. So now we've come full circle. We started this conversation off in Reclaim 4 talking about the vine dresser and the vine who doesn't give us marching orders, but promises, you know, to bear fruit in good time. And he does that good work of lifting us up and positioning us so airflow can come through and sun can shine on us that we might bear, bear fruit mm-hmm. and that we might, might walk in it. And I love that you said we don't aim at it in advance. Paul tells aim your effort at God himself and wait on him. And then when he produces that fruit, we walk in it and it's almost becomes this thing that's not a burden. And that's why we say we, we, we view it in reverse. We look back and notice the love. We look back and notice the love for God and love for others. It's something that he's doing in us. It reminds me of Jesus' words where he says, my burden is light. Hmm. It, it, it's, it, it, take my yoke upon, you know, you. Right. My, my burden is, is light. I'm, I'm gentle in heart. I'm, I'm, I'm humble in heart, right? I want to give you, I want to give you rest. And so this fruit, this, this true fruit, which he goes on later to explain in Galatians five, you know, it, that what it looks like, it's not a burden. It's something right. he does. And we walk in almost sometimes so effortlessly and in a self forgetful way. Right. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Um, when when you're when you're in the when 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 you live in a world that is is obsessed with just the curation of the self and the self improvement cycle, and then you you find out that that God's actually given you a self forgetful life. Yeah, that there's a. It's one of the best ways to know how to put it is is God's invited us to be lost in His Son, mm. and it's there right that we find life and we find it everlasting. And so you could almost sort of look at this journey in front of us and say, the first thing that we've been invited into was to wait. And it's an act of faith. It's like God saying, Hey, Russ, Tony, and everybody listening, don't, uh, the short view, the temporary view, what you can see right now is not the trustworthy view, Hmm. right? Second Corinthians tells us that our faith is in him who is unseen, not the things that we can see. Yeah. For what we can see, right? The things that are struggling or even the things that we're walking in we think are good. They're temporary. Mm-hmm. But him who is our life, him who we can't see right now, man, that, that's eternal. Yep. That's, that's not moving. So we have this life of wait, of waiting and, and, and faith in him. And we have this life of watching with hopeful expectancy to see where he's at work in and around us. And then we have this self-forgetful journey of walking in love. Hmm. 
It's a life of faith, hope, and love, right? First Corinthians 13, I didn't give you a life of law. I didn't give you a life of knowledge, for knowledge and all the things you're doing and not doing and all the things that you're hanging your hat on and you're proud of, et cetera. They're all crumbling and they're all of zero value if yeah. they're not, right? From love, which- Circumcision and uncircumcision. <laughs> love is not of our flesh. Faith is not of our flesh. And so these are fruits of the spirit himself at work in us. And so you've been invited to walk in a life of love. And of course, if you and I, we take a hard look at 1 Corinthians 13 and what love is, we quickly realize like, that this isn't me. Hmm. Love keeps no record of wrong. Think about that. <laughs> oh, dude. Here's my favorite one. Love seeks not its own. Yeah. So really fast. This is a radical indictment, but it's so true. And it doesn't have to crush us, but instead can just awaken us. Love seeks not its own. You're crying out about all the things that should be in your life that aren't right now. Mm. And yelling at God or anyone else because of these things or even yourself, right? How was that love? You just kept a record of wrong. And then in seeking of what it is that you desire most, went to the Lord and said, this isn't what should be. Oh, by the way, I love you. It's as far from the truth as you can get. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to hear. <laughs> it's hard to consider because <laughs> um, I know that, that I do that. But really quickly, as our time is uh, coming to a close on this podcast and also in this conversation, by no means did we exhaust all the things that we have on um, resting and walking as disciples and reclaim four and five. But I just think it would be really helpful uh, to close this this podcast out with that uh, peach tree um, analogy from your time in Chicago, Rush. You, sh you should share that. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's such a great it's such a great story, great illustration, and one of the things I love about it is it's true. So, in my uh, last days living in the city of Chicago, had a friend of mine, a leader there in, in the city, bought a peach tree and planted it in his yard in the city. And of course, I laughed as he told me about this being a kid who grew up in the Southeast of uh, peach trees to me made sense. Having a peach tree in the city of Chicago did not make sense. And he said, no, 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 for real, man. I'm, I get what you're saying where you're coming from, but I got a friend who's a horticulturalist. She came over. I talked to her about this and she said, this tree actually would work. You can plant it here. It'll bear fruit. Have at it. I'm like, whatever, dude, he plants it. Sure enough, peaches come. They enjoy them. Peach pie, right? peach ice cream, you name it. Amen. Well, next year, some things go down, I guess, just within the winter and the tree and no peaches. And so he's thinking like, oh, I thought this thing would work, but it didn't. So he's about to cut it down. And instead, he hit up his friend. She came by. She took a look at the tree, ran a test and said, actually, the tree's alive. I know that based off what you see, it's not. But the tree is alive. And just hang in there. Next season should be okay and bear fruit. And he said, it really hit him because he said, man, in that moment, I had three choices, really, as to what to do. Number one, I could uh, just say that she's a liar. That even though this thing is proven to be alive and you're telling me that one day the fruit will come, I don't believe you. I think it's dead and I'm going to cut it down and be done with it. Number two, he said, I could run down to the store, grab some peaches and some duct tape, come back to the house and tape them to the tree and go, man, look how glorious this is. <laughs> Of course, I just laughed. Which is where we get our fake plastic fruit. Oh, man. And he just laughed. He looked at me, and we just started talking about just our obsession with fruit, our obsession with all these things that we're doing and not doing in this life. 
I mean, you go to any Christian bookstore, right? And the shelves are lined with it and all the how to's. And it just made me stop. And we sat there and just talked about that, that for us, our faith is not generally in him who was unseen, which the scriptures tell us. We put our faith in what we can see. Hmm. And we start thinking things are alive or they're not alive based off what we see right now at this time. Hmm. Which we know from the scriptures, the father doesn't see everything through that lens the way we do. Or second, we just figure out ways to run out there and tape some fruit to our trees and say, hey, man, isn't this amazing? But he said the beautiful thing here, man, is that option three, option three was to trust her, that the tree is alive and that it will bear fruit in the right time. And I think that's the journey that God's invited us into. It's a life of faith, hope, and love in which we learn to wait, watch, and walk in the fruit that he bears. Amen. Amen. So good. So good. I wish we can cue presidents of the United States music right now. Millions of peaches, peaches for me. Man, so good. So good. Well, guys, thanks for dialing in with us. It's been a joy and a pleasure for us to be able to pass these things on. We hope that they're an encouragement to you. And until next time, peace. Peace.